Sound Off, and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, good morning, Northlanders, and welcome to another uh, Sound Off here on uh, our Tuesday. Uh, lots of things going on today, but Kenny, before we get started, you were at the city council meeting last night. Oh, yeah. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown on what uh, caused people to uh, question or uh, or delight or just a plain wonder about what's going on in the city? How first of all, this uh, this development up where Central High School, where you went to school up there on the hill. Yes. Is that is that getting uh, support? Uh, the vote went down eight to one. There was one counselor, the new counselor, Counselor Durwalker, uh, voted no. Really? Hmm. Yeah, 1,300 u- units. Brad, we need workforce in this city. We need housing. Yes. And the big stickler for her was uh, there. it's going to be TIF. There should be uh, uh, affordable housing, low-income housing, whatever. And... Uh, Chief Administrative Officer Montgomery spelled it out to the counselors, maybe not last night, but this has been going on for a while, Brad. And quite frankly, I was really pleasantly surprised to see a couple of counselors not really admonish her, but just let her know. I mean, she's a new counselor, okay? We'll give her a break. You get a break early on. But you don't vote no on these type of developments. You just don't. No, no. And she got hung and, up and on the fact that there was no low-income housing. But there's a lot of housing, factors right. why that wasn't in there. Absolutely. Top of it being that, that that particular site has been, what, 50 years now that it has not developed any uh, potential income for the city of Duluth when it comes to property What did you taxes? say, 50? Yeah, I think it's been 50. Well, it was a high school, it? Brad. That's where the old Central High School was. Exactly, and they didn't provide any taxes. Oh, I see. Yeah, the <laughs> final graduating class up there was 2011. And one right. of the speakers last night, and there was about 25 of them, not all on that topic. We'll get to that. But uh, one of them was uh, a local real estate agent. He's a young man. I happen to know who he is. I know his dad. And uh, he said, I left that school back in 2011. Nothing's been happen- has happened up there. Exactly. And, you know, he needs to, uh, or, or rather this council, this should have been a unanimous vote, and it wasn't. Well, what, uh, what, I, think, uh, what I think, Mr. Montgomery, and you can correct me because you were there, uh, but I think what he was trying to indicate was that, look, the place was a school district property prior to 1971. It didn't generate any tax revenue for the city at that time. And now it's been dormant for 13 years since the site uh, since then. So we really need to generate some some financial strength in that development. And the only way they're going to do it is to make it become kind of a mecca for middle income or, uh, you know, even better, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Bring property taxes in there. Yeah, absolutely, Brad. It's going to be a new neighborhood. Uh, the Incline Development, I, I don't remember what their Incline Plaza project. It's going to have housing. It's going to have commercial. It's going to be an area where you just will live and shop and bike and walk and be. Yeah. And I went to yeah. high school there. The view is pretty darn good up there, Brad. It is very darn good. And so You're absolutely right. We've got an Amazon distribution center that's in the pipeline. They want to hire maybe upwards of a thousand people. 
We need workforce. What does that mean? We need housing. Yep. We need a place and for these people to wanna, live. You really don't want to build the community on nothing but low-income housing because yeah. that's what it, you're going to get. It, well, yeah, and, you know, there's there, there's a place for low-income housing. I get that. You sure know, there we've, is. We've sure all been is. there. But yep. that's not a very conducive – that's not good to be – uh, a person that needs government services, uh, medical district. You're up on the hill. The access there, there's no bus service up there. Maybe that'll change with this uh, facility or this project. I think project. it probably will. Yeah. But it's just not a good location, I I don't think, for low-income housing. And, and it's just, why can't but we have is, an area where is there like, isn't low-income housing? Why does it, it have well, to be exactly. a component and of like, every single project? And I would say well, this like, to the counselors that are... Uh, uh, don't like this project because there isn't low-income housing. Build something. Get together but a yeah. group. Where's your money? <laughs> support support low-income housing in other areas, and <sighs> not all out west <sighs> either. But, but anyway, like you said, Kenny, this is going to be a complete neighborhood. It's going to have public amenities, trailheads, a pavilion, a plaza. You know, there could be music events going on up there. There's going to, it, you know, it's, it has the potential, uh, what they want to do, the plaza is uh, targeted to include market rate apartments focused on mid-range workforce housing as well as condominium units. In other words, people that are being, that will live there, that want to live there, will bring economic revitalization to that area. This is going to be one of the most important housing projects in the city of Duluth in our lifetimes. Yeah, I think And and I know that that might sound, well, what do you mean by that? Well, 1,300 units, uh, an area that hasn't generated any tax revenue, like you said, uh, that was developed back in 1971, was the first graduating class up there, by the way. Okay. Uh, This is a huge project. The more I looked into this, the more I saw it. How can you have a counselor vote no? Well, obviously, she is uh, trying to reflect one particular clientele only, and that's low-income individuals. Yeah. So it was but funny. that's not what the whole city can be, can be uh, built on. You yeah. can't just build a city on that. And if that's such a concern of hers, well, go out and find some investors. Maybe you put up some money. You build a project. There you Where's go. Where's your project? Yeah. Or go out and find a developer that's got some deep pockets that's willing to invest. Fools, I tell in... you, fools. <laughs> so I mean, don't we have some of those? Don't we have that uh, the replacement for the sky for the uh, seaway? That's going to be basically low income. There's, there's another so much one out low where income, the... Brad. There's yeah, a lot. There's of a lot of them. Yeah. There's a new one going up out uh, um, near where Menards is. Uh, there's a yep. lot going up. And it's going to be in locations where it's fitting for those uh, uh, families and people that require uh, easy access to grocery stores, the bus stop. And this up on the hill isn't that place necessarily. No. This is is a good project. Duluth needs us. We need workforce, Brad. Uh, Again, we've got... got, We're trying to build a tax base here with this new administration. And I'm not saying that the previous administration wasn't for that, but this is seems to be the focus of this administration, this Reinert administration. Yep. And if we get that Amazon in out in West Duluth, oh, we need yeah. workforce. We need yeah. people to work out there. How, how do you get a thousand people that aren't working in Duluth that are qualified to start working there? 
Well, you're going to have to bring some into the city, and they're going to have to have a place to live where they could be oh, comfortable. Did you say they're going to... Hang on. Hey, where's the correct answer, Bell, when I... <laughs> yeah. So, real well, quickly, anyway. last night's meeting, it ran over two hours, two hours, 15 minutes, if you're keeping track, and I am. Uh, opportunity for citizens to be heard. You know, you get your three minutes. One hour, six minutes. About 25 speakers... And many of them were ceasefire in Gaza. You need oh, to come God, forward with a resolution. A you need to do this. People are dying and starving. We get all that. It's bad. It's not a good thing. But the city council, come on. Come on. Yeah. Did you stay up late at night? And is this all you think about, uh, Mr. and Mrs. that was up this <laughs> weekend last night? Really? Is this all you can do is go to city council and show your face and say, oh, I'm here and I support uh, uh Ceasefire in Gaza. Look Cease at me. Ceasefire in Gaza. Is that yeah. really all Cease you got going Gaza. on? Yeah. Do you, do you think if the city of Duluth sent to Benjamin Netanyahu a, un, a unanimous resolution that he would look at it and say, oh, my God, yeah. we, we better ceasefire because Duluth, Minnesota City Council is telling us. Oh, well, they you know, made there's 70 other cities in the U.S. that have done this. And OK. All right. That's fine. OK. So it is what it is. But uh we need economic development. We need tax base. And you know what that does, Brad? That, in turn, will uh, hopefully cause uh, property taxes to be lowered, and that's yeah. important to me. Well, it, it stimulates a lot of things. And, in fact, it can stimulate additional uh, housing for low income, too. If you start developing real property tax relief structures, it, it's good all the way around. Lots of good things happening. Anyway. Yeah, there's some uh, more details. I'll save it for later. There's some other stuff that was on that. But Yeah, uh, I, wa- I, I want to hear uh, I, I gotta tell you know, you, what I, happened. David Montgomery, he was a part of the um, Larson administration. Did he go back to Ness? I don't, I don't... Yes, he yes, did. Yes, he, he did. In fact, did. I believe Ness was the guy that yeah, first Yeah, that's what him. it was. Yeah. And then Emily brought in her guy, Shuckman. Okay. David right. Montgomery is one sharp guy. Sharp sharp guy. And this yes. is an interim thing for him. I don't know if Roger Reinhardt is going to beg him to stay, but uh, he's a valuable asset for the city of Duluth, I believe. Yes, I I totally concur. Well, look, at, we've got to take our first break here of the morning, uh, and we're going to hopefully probably come back with our friend Candy with some exciting things happening up at Dead On. But uh, let's let's do that, and let's remind everybody as we go away here that Solutions Insurance is still your great answer, probably can be a great part of the solution that you might need to uh, find out uh, a little bit, maybe that you can uh, pay a little less for your insurance and maybe get as much, if not better, coverage than you currently had. You hear us talk about it every week, and you hear on Thursdays Chris Lohmeyer talk about the win of the week. It happens every week. Somebody has called up Solutions Insurance at 218-628-1878 and said, hey, give me that free insurance checkup uh, that you guys keep talking to, talking about. And and that's what it is. It's free. They'll only take the information from you one time, and then they run it through their bank of computers where they keep the rates for 60 to 70 different insurance companies. And you might be pleasantly surprised that you can get as good a coverage, if not better coverage, than you have now and pay 
substantially less for it, not always, but many times, simply by having one of the great agents out there, either Sonia or Heidi or Allie or Maggie or Tim or or Chris or any of them, say, you know what, we'll roll up our sleeves, see if we can find you a better a better company with lower rates. And many times they do that. So keep that in mind. Solutions Insurance, 218-628-1878 starts the process rolling. And we'll be right back after this first break. KDAL time is 1124. Uh, clouds, a little bit of sun, uh, relatively mild for this time of the year. 25 right now. The air temperature in Duluth, 25 degrees. Winds are light out of the southeast. And Brad, on the phone, we do have candy from Dead on Arms. Well, I'm, I'm was, uh, I was assured that Candy would be calling very soon because she's got some exciting things going up there, as she does many, many times. Uh, but right now, Candy, I think one of the things, people are really starting to sign up for this uh, new AR101 class that you got. Now, what, what are they going to learn about the, the AR when they attend a class like that? What kind of things can they expect to find? They're going to learn about the the history of an AR, how it kind of uh, how it came about. They'll learn about the different types of ammunition that you can shoot through an AR, the the styles of ARs, and then they'll learn about how they function. Uh, they'll learn to take them apart, how to clean them and and keep them oiled and lubricated, and then we'll actually take them out into the range and show them how to shoot one safely as well. Boy, and that uh, that particular firearm has been an ongoing, um, well, almost like a project right from the beginning. We first got them in Vietnam. When I was there, we were carrying the M14, heavy, a great weapon, very, very good uh, military uh, piece of equipment. But it was heavy, slogging it through the hot summer conditions, the heat, the humidity, through the jungles. And the AR came out, and it was uh, it was lightweight. In fact, people first they kind of made fun of it. They said, "Who made this, Mattel?" <laughs> but uh, and 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 at first it it uh, it had some problems. It didn't have the thumb suppressor, you know, which it has now to clear out, uh, you know, rounds that get hung up in it or whatever. And that became a problem. Uh, they had to change the ammunition structure a little bit for it. But this weapon's probably been changed and and uh, engineered more often than just about anything, hasn't it? Oh, it sure has. Yeah, it's come a long way. And, you know, they're always making more improvements on them. And you can you can have them built pretty much to exactly your specifications, too. So, you know, if you don't like the way it does a certain thing, there's always ways to change it. Or if you don't like the weight of it, there's carbon fiber barrels that are a lot lighter for it and just tons of different ways to customize them as well. Yeah, yeah, there really are. Well, can you talk a little bit about, because I happen to know we got some information from you that you do a lot of uh, very nice things, a lot of cooperative things with local police and fire departments. And you want to talk about some of the things, how you've worked with some of them recently? Yeah, well, one of the things that that we do a lot, and we've done this since Chad and Laura owned Dead on Arms, and I've just continued the the tradition, is, you know, we help out a lot of the area police departments with getting them outfitted with their protective gear, with with their new firearms that they need for their departments. They come to us for a lot of that stuff. And just the other day, um, somebody from the Cloquet Fire Department had stopped in, and we were talking about protective gear. He mentioned how they've been working on trying to get a grant 
so they can get some for their firemen because they respond to the, the police calls as well, and they're put in as much danger as the policemen, but they don't have any oh, kind of vests or anything. So I had some, some extras that I had in the, the store, and I did, decided to donate them. So I was able to give 12 vests to the Colgate Fire Department, and they were really appreciative of not having to use the grant money towards that, and they can use it for other, you know, other gear that they need too. You know, the protective gear is great, but you also work with them even on upgrading for firearms and uh, other equipment as well. Right, yeah. We uh, they, they come to us every once in a while and say, hey, we need some, we have some new hires in our department, or we're phasing out our old guns and we need to get some new ones. What can you do for us? And we, we get them a really good price on them, so they're not spending their entire grant money on just the firearm, but they can use it for their other equipment that they need as well. No, oh, that's exciting. Well, now your your first class or this uh, the new class, the AR one hundred and one, that's starting to fill up. If people want to still get registered to get involved in that, do they just uh, either call the store at the seven two nine? Nine six eight nine number or go to the website or right any of those three options work uh, I still don't have a page on our website for AR 101 but you can click on any of our pistol 101 or permit to carry classes they'll bring you to Eventbrite which holds all of our classes and you just scroll down until you find AR 101 and you can sign up that way or like you said just call us or stop it Boy, I'll tell you, Candy is so so right that they've got armors up there that can do some beautiful things for you. I've had uh, Dead On create a uh, a kind of a, I guess it's a uh, ornamental Purple Heart AR-15 that is just special, and it's uh, on a you know on a present uh, in a uh, in a nice case on my wall. And it's had one of my purple hearts uh, embedded in the receiver, and it was it's just first class. So a lot of nice things can be done up there. If you ask uh, the armors, uh, you know, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that? A lot of times the answer will be yes. So dead on shooting range uh, located eight miles up Highway 2 coming out of Proctor. That's the place to go for all these special classes, plus all the great equipment, firearms, uh, supplies, uh, shooting paraphernalia, clothing, anything else you can think of. Dead On Shooting Range has got it, as well as people like Candy and her staff that are there to answer questions for you. Uh, again, the phone number to call, 218-729-9689, or simply go online to Dead On Shooting Range. And they've got a lot of that information for you right there. Thank you, Candy. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Well, Kenny, uh, we better take our uh, CBS News break, and then we'll come back with much more here on the Tuesday edition of Sound Off on 610 KDAL. KDAL, keeping it close to home. I like that it's local. Local sports, local economics. This is KDAL AM 610 and FM 103.9. KDAL time, 1135. It's World Radio Day, Brad. 
Ooh, man, we're we're there. Did you ever think back in the day when you were younger, listening to your radio, maybe in your bedroom or in your car, listening to those AM radio hits? Did you ever think someday you would be on the radio? No, never. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, but we're celebrating uh, World not. Radio Day, and the thing about radio, especially local radio, is you get just that: you get local sports, weather. Uh, we're talking about city council things and what have you. Of course, yeah. there's things we talk about on a national basis. But this is uh, what really uh, sets us apart from well, other types of radio, if you will. And other types of uh, media in general, uh, uh, yeah. everything online. There's so much stuff online. You see more and more today that that newspapers are starting to become almost a thing of the past because people don't read them on a daily basis. We've lost our local paper here. It's now published in Brainerd, and it's we don't have a full staff. In fact, that building has been sold to the school district where it used to be right across the street from City Hall and from the government centers. Um, but radio was here, and, and I think radio is going to be here for the long run because it does give you more immediate access to things. Now, you mentioned in the first segment, Kenny, about Amazon. The potential Amazon is uh, has bought a piece of land out in Gary, New Duluth, out in the old uh, steel plant location or out in that area. Yeah, Atlas and Cement. That... Atlas Cement, yeah. yeah. And they want to build a distribution center out there. And I brought up yesterday about this Timu. Uh, and I said, uh, well, what is with this? Uh, should we be concerned about this at all? Well, today, holy cow, the news sites were just flooded with the fact that senators and congressmen and other business leaders and stuff were condemning the fact that Timu had like six ads in the Super Bowl. And the fact that people are not paying attention to what Timu is. Timu much like TikTok, is a company that is a Chinese tech company. And because of that, they have to allow all of them, TikTok, Timu, any of them, allow the Communist Party unfettered access to its data, which could be your data, where you live, where your phone number, your address, how to get a hold of you. Senator uh, Cotton uh, came out early, right after the show, right after uh, the Super Bowl, and said that uh, T-Moves following Sunday's big game noticed that Chinese companies are compelled to share their data with Chinese Communist Party. It's a, This should be a non-starter for doing business in the United States. In addition, the online marketplace, known for its cheap products, and that's basically what they are. They're they're very similar to the way they put their uh, organization together, very similar to an Amazon, except that Amazon is selling a lot of American-made products, and it's not keeping quite as much intellectual data on you as uh, someplace like Timu does. Besides, a lot of the products made and distributed by Timu, uh, some of them are made, quite frankly, with cheap slave labor in China, the Uyghurs and, and other people that are forced into labor. Chinese Timu purchased three Super Bowl ads, but they actually had six. And I don't know how they produced that. But, you know, and people are saying, hey, that's a, must have cost them a penny. Yeah, cost them about $7 million apiece for the ads. 
So you can imagine how much money they're making on this stuff. And you know what? The average person has no idea. They they see a thing. Oh, well, that, that's similar to Amazon. Let's shop there and see. Maybe we can get it cheaper there. And the next thing you know, um, they're keeping track of everybody's records. But uh, Representative Ashley Hinson from from uh, uh, a Republican from Iowa blasted CBS for allowing a CCP-controlled company to air commercials, also warning American consumers to steer clear because, you know, they they seem to have these wonderful ads, but the uh, money is going back to China and uh, supporting slave labor in places like Xinjiang province and all over. So I thought it was rather interesting. It's an online retail shopping company, very similar to Amazon, and it's basically a subsidiary of the CCP, the Communist Chinese People's Party of China. So anyway, you make your own decisions, but uh, I've tried to... I've tried to have my grandkids and other people steer clear of TikTok and places like that. I just don't think it's very sharp. Anyway, we got a call coming in that wants to talk about this housing topic. And this is uh, this is a lady, Pearlie, from Meadowlands, up in the Meadowlands area, uh, wants to talk about the housing topic. Uh, Pearlie, how are you doing? Pretty good, Brad. How about yourself? Very well, very well. I used to hang out in your area a little bit when I was a kid. I had some friends that lived over in the Meadowlands area. So, yep. so what? Uh, well, what? What's your take? Here, what? Here's Go my ahead. question for you. Okay. I'm not a political person. I don't get on the political side of anything. But I want to ask you: What do you consider affordable housing? Now. In Duluth, there's no affordable housing for people like you and I that if we wanted to move into Duluth, we try to look for a housing, a, a studio apartment going anywhere from 1000 to 1400 a month. And then once you get into a one-bedroom or two-bedroom, that's not considered affordable housing. So if Duluth is going to put up affordable housing, what do you consider affordable housing? $1,200 well, a month at- for rent and then you got your utilities and then you got garbage and then you got this and that and whatever. Yeah. Well, affordable housing that they keep talking about, uh, Pearlie is what HUD refers to as, as affordable housing. And that's what, what that is, is that subsidized. Usually you'll, you'll find section eight vouchers. You'll find government money that helps to for forego some of the costs of the housing, but you're absolutely right. Affordable in my eyes might be totally different than affordable in your eyes or in the next person's eyes. So it, and that it, it really, yeah. And and that government funding, those are for the people that are making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. But then if you look at somebody that's doing fifty to seventy or eighty thousand dollars a year, and you want to get into affordable housing, what do you consider affordable? Because some of us that are at maybe fifty thousand or seventy thousand can't afford. Uh, Eighteen hundred dollar month rent. Oh and yeah, there's plenty of that. And the, there's plenty of that in Duluth. Like you guys were talking earlier this morning, that there's a couple places going up, like the one over there by Menards. Yeah, they're all yep. they're all high rent. It's all high rent. It's ridiculous. Unless you well, want to especially pay. especially especially like you were saying, eighteen hundred dollars a month. That that to me is a huge amount of money going out just to pay for a roof over your head. Yeah, I know a guy in Duluth 
that he's paying for a two-bedroom apartment. He's paying $2,600 a month, and it's just him and his wife and his two dogs. And wow. they're in their they're in their 70s. And they barely yeah. have any oh, yeah. money left over to do anything. So that's not good. Yeah. So somebody like that, somebody like that that's already retired and they want to get into affordable housing, which is a little cheaper, how can they do something like that when they can't, when they can't do it? Well, and I think you're right. I think especially the senior housing, we see very little of those kinds of uh, developments in the Duluth area. They're, around the country, there has been some developments uh, built specifically for senior developments that seem to be a little easier pricing. But even there, some of them are assisted living where you've got to uh, have criteria for medical issues. Um Kenny, do you have any idea what HUD puts out as far as what they consider affordable development? Yeah, it's uh, 30% or less of their gross uh, um, income. Okay. So, in other words, to qualify for you to rent a, a HUD unit... You would have they they could charge you up to thirty percent of your gross take well, home pay. Yeah, and and you know there's probably some leeway there, but affordable housing is housing which is deemed affordable to those with a household income at or below the median, as rated by the national government. <laughs> so and that and it, that it, is dependent upon area too, right? I mean, it it changes. I think so. To, yeah. I think so. Um, oh, interesting. You know, it, it yeah. it's it's variable. I think to some degree. Well, I think I think she points out a a a very factual thing that what's affordable for you might not be affordable for me, and vice versa. So when you say affordable housing, who's making the decision what that affordability is? Uh, now, Philip, the North Shore, he's got a, maybe a little different take on this, but he wants to talk about the housing topic. Uh, for as the well, record, so. Brad, Pearlie is yes. he. And maybe there's a nickname oh, in that Pearlie. Pearlie but... is he. Yeah, okay. Pearlie is he. I just had to confirm. Uh, okay. That. Well, good. <laughs> that was, there you go. Well, that's a little twist in the name, <laughs> Pearlie, right. but that's, right. that's good. Maybe I, he's got some yeah. Pearlies And going I think there. Phil goes with the he thing, too. I'm not sure, but. <laughs> Oh well, Phil. What's your take on the housing topic? Uh, we need. Uh, do we need more low income, middle income? What do we need? Well, in a lot of the uh, the housing should be driven by the need that is you know that is out there. They're basically building housing, like if you build it, they will come, kind of thing, right? And this whole that you just talked about the HUD qualifications, Brad. It varies right. from area to area. It's going to change from year to year. It's, it's, it's so variable, it's vague. Okay, but uh, let's talk real quickly about Amazon because I, I want to bring to, to you know, your point about the Amazon plant and the housing. We need the housing. The first thing I'll say is that Amazon is totally automated. A lot of their work is done by uh, robots, okay? They're done yes. by, it's not manual labor anymore, okay? So you might have some people in there, but it, it's, it's not the employment like you, you're thinking. It might be some drivers maybe, blah, blah, blah. But, Brad, if we build the housing, they're going to come, they're going to work at the plant, Brad. My question for you is, who are the employees and where are they going to be coming from? 
Well, that that's a big concern. I think, uh, Phil, you're, you're right on the money there. And Kenny mentioned that in the first segment when he was at the city council meeting last night. You know, when you look at, for example, uh, the, the paper mill out in West Duluth is getting revitalized, tr- changing its uh, uh, its whole philosophy around. They no longer do the calendar paper. Now they're going to be owned by, uh, what is it, Kenny, a Swedish firm? Italian. Or, no, they're Italian. Italian. Yeah. Italian. And uh, and they've said, hey, we're going to we're going to switch our whole. We know there's a real demand in the United States for toilet paper, paper towels, those kinds of things. And we're going to go heavy into that. Well, that's going to mean more personnel and they pay pretty good wages there. Now, Amazon, you're right. Amazon, uh, uh, you know, Phil hit it right on the head. They're they're labor. They're not labor intensive in the warehouse. In fact, the warehouse is mainly made up of of, uh, uh, you know, these belts that go around where you pull products off that are all done by robots. They do have some plant workers, but the biggest labor force is probably in the bookkeeping and in the delivery process. But all of those types of things, if you add them up, means we're going to have to be importing new employees. We're going to have to have people coming to Duluth to uh, to make their life's work here. And that's going to require housing. Some people maybe want to live in a development that's not all low-income housing. Maybe they they uh, we could have something for everybody. Anyway, well, for the record, Brad, of, if you yeah. go to the Google and you look up the average uh, number of full-time employees that a a 600,000-square-foot distribution center for Amazon employees, the average, they average 1,000 full-time associates. That's pretty, they pick, pretty reasonable. They pack, <laughs> customer service, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. I don't know all the details. Uh, yeah. What was the uh, space out in West Duluth? Was that 80,000 feet? I think um, it was 80,000, yeah. I think that's what they were talking about. I'll have to that's look into that. That's a plant. Uh, it is. It it is. So, I, you know, that's going to be a large area, and this isn't. I don't think imminent. I think it's. I I hope it is, but. Uh, well, it sounds like it's pretty much a done deal. I mean, at least uh, from everything we see, they've acquired the property. They, uh, uh, they're they're looking at uh, starting it up as quick as this spring. So. You know, and you t- you take that, you take the paper mill, you take uh, Cirrus, a number of plants like that. It doesn't take long before we have a real need to expand the workforce in the Twin Ports Okay, area. 18 acres. Uh, that's a sizable okay. lot. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. And uh, I've talked is. to other people that are saying exactly what some of these uh, stories that I'm reading through now uh, say, that upwards of a 1,000 full-time employees. I don't think yeah. Duluth has that workforce right now, Brad. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, you've you've got Cirrus offering good-paying jobs all the time looking for people. So, you know, as there's going to have to be, you know, we're going to become kind of a mecca of the small town where kids grow up in Cherry or wherever, Meadowlands, and uh, need to find Is, work and need yeah. to come to the big city for housing and work. Yeah. Now, Meadowlands, that's not a part of the Quad Cities, is it? Well, it is according to you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll check that. But, but no, I don't think it is. 
Oh, anyway, we got to take our Minnesota news break, so we'll be back right after this. KDAL time, 1154, 25 degrees, northeast wind at 5. So, yeah, there's a wind chill out there, 18 degrees. Brad, on the phone, in place of Jim Stuckel, is his son Andy at Tortoise and Hare Footwear. Yes, uh, Jimmy is uh, taking a well re- well-deserved little uh, break away from the business, but Andy, uh, his son, is there helping uh, make sure everything is up and running good. Andy, the last time you were there, my wife and I came in, and uh, we you uh, took good care of us with shoes and socks, and uh, you guys are doing that all the time there at Tortoise and the Hare. Yeah, it's, uh, well, a family business, and not long ago, uh, your son and his wife came in the store as well, so... You know, we're oh, good. Your, your good. whole family also, Brad. Excellent. Well, I'm, you've been taking good care of our feet for a long time. And you know, the thing I love, Andy, is that, uh, you know, you guys gently, uh, you, you know, when somebody comes in and they say, oh, well, I'm looking for a new balance. I, I, I'm looking for a brand new pair of new balance. You very nicely ask them, well, uh, uh, what size do you uh, have? But you don't take for granted that that is it, because my wife learned that fact the first time you guys got her a new pair of shoes. She thought she was like an eight and a half and ended up she was a nine and a half. So you you do the things to make sure that people are fit properly without uh, trying to challenge their ability to what their shoe size is. But you've even got you've even got the technology now where somebody can stand on that machine. I forget what Jimmy said the name of it is, but you can stand on it and it'll tell you whether your feet turn in or turn out or how they, uh, uh, you know, how, how your feet uh, adjust to different insoles. Yeah, it's, um, well, the, the machine's called Albert. And what he does is analyzes your arch type and your pressure points and your gait, how it all moves as you take a step across it. And it, um, uh, uh, it shows us what type of support, because all these shoes have support, they have cushion. It shows us what sure. type of support you might need, whether that's something that's a little bit more firm and stable, or if it's something that might be softer and more flexible. We try to match your foot to the proper type of support. You know, that's the nice thing. And all of that can be found at Tortoise and the Hare, right on the corner of 40th Avenue West and Grand in West Duluth. Big, uh, nice, beautiful white and blue building with a beautiful mural painted on the uh, 40th Avenue side of it. But, uh, you know, Andy, can you tell us what hours of operation you guys are there at Tortoise and the Hare? And uh, give us the phone number and maybe even a website that we can go to look at. Yeah, totally. Uh, so we're open on week it, weekdays from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. And on Saturdays, 9 to 5, Sundays are noon to 4. Um, yeah, please call me for uh, any questions. That's 218-624-4840. And then um, you can find all of this information on our website, which is tortoisehairfootwear.com. All right. Thank you very much, Andy. Appreciate you uh, taking care of us this morning and look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, thank you, Brad. All right. Well, we'll be back with our number two coming up very shortly here on Sound Off 610 KDAL. Did you see the uh, hockey game last night? I- I'm sorry, did you listen to the hockey game on the radio last night? Uh, well, no, I did see part of it. <laughs> but I I had to get to bed. It yeah, was just too yeah. late to start. But I understand they finished up well. Huh? Nice win for the boys. Wild five. Uh, the... What are they? The Golden Knights 3. Minnesota Golden beat Knights Las three. Vegas. Yes. Yeah. Defending Stanley Cup champions. There you go. All right. We'll be back shortly.